all's opinion on the race and some of the things we're going to talk about so you know what we usually do here so first thing i want to do is i'm going to explain how you can be involved in the content creation because that is what this entire 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 platform that i've built or this show that i've put together is for it's about allowing you to participate in the content creation hearing what you have to say hearing your opinions instead of you just being in the comment section no matter what driver or team you support you're welcome to come on and, and give it a go so the way that's got it has to happen all right it has to be this way until the platform decides that they're going to open it up for other devices to have all the benefits so one thing you're going to need two things you're going to need you're going to need a laptop or a desktop first person in the live chat is DG Big Blue. What's up? What's going on, Navy? So you'll need a laptop or a desktop to access the audience. The link is in the description and it's also in the live chat pinned. Once you do that, you'll need to use Internet Explorer, Edge, or you're going to use Google Chrome. Do not try Firefox. Don't try any of those. Okay. Then once you got that link, you click it, brings you an audience. You get to do your live call and bam, we're off. Now, just because you have a cell phone or a tablet doesn't mean you can't come into the audience and see and be involved in everything going on there, but it won't allow you to do the live call in. Okay. Another thing, let me see who's first in the audience, who we got first in the audience, who's first in the audience. Bobcat is first person in the audience. What's going on, Bobcat? So we got first in the live chat, DG Big Blue. We got first in the live studio audience bobcat and so if you saw this past weekend i went crazy i mean i beat the hell out of something because i feel like mercedes is beating themselves right now and we're going to get to that but let's have a couple of soft topics while everybody kind of comes in everybody gets acclimated people are late people are getting off work trying to get home so they can do a live call in so how about uh, I know I had said in regard, matter of fact, you see the picture right here. Logan Sargent uh, decides to quit in the GP. It just so happens. And if you listen to the live, I say anything aside from his health or something to that degree, I'm going to give Logan a very tall cup of crap to sit in. I'm, I'm just going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I, I got I got to go ahead and give him that because he's already sitting in a in an awkward position. But uh, Logan, a bit dehydrated. He was cleared at the track he was cleared at the track it wasn't even like it was next day he was cleared at the track uh i think there were several other drivers that did have issues with dehydration or hydration and i think right now it's just about these teams understanding the the elements and the environment that they're going in a qatar and you need to run a proper hydration protocol going in it also is something to be said they need to look at the hydration units in the car I think that they need to consider the hydration units, the the high, what they're using to hydrate, what they will give these drivers in these races and safety over everything else. So even if in this race, I mean, think about it. If everybody has to carry the same amount of weight, it's all even. It's all equal. If you have to put something in there to give these drivers something to be more cool, I didn't see Logan wearing an ice pack. I didn't see him wearing that. I don't know. Maybe he had one on and I didn't see it before he put his uniform on, but I didn't see Logan wearing an ice pack unit. Uh, I know that they might want to consider maybe small refrigerant units in there, or they're going to consider something else that they'll utilize in that car maybe something that'll keep that liquid cooled and they can cool it before they put it in there and then think about what type of liquid they're going to give them some type of uh, hydration sports drink or something but they need to run a proper hydration protocol for these drivers so logan not going to get a ton of crap from me but he was cleared at the track and i heard there were worse situations with other drivers as far as falling out laying out so overall hydration is is going to be paramount going into qatar in the following seasons unless there's something that's going to change there teams need to be aware of that the fia need to address these situations and see if there are certain protocols they can put in place to assist these drivers and these teams and keep them safe because if a driver goes in and has a heat stroke on track while driving not only is he now endangered but he's going to endanger the safety of other drivers and potentially spectators depending on how elaborate an incident can get we saw what happened with joe silverstone so things in that right could have got very bad for spectators had the proper safety barriers not been put in place and joe himself had the halo not being introduced in the formula one so
It's game time. It is time for us to get this whole thing off and popping. We're going to talk about these drivers that are looking for the back door, looking to go out of Formula One just as fast as they came in. Aside, Well, pretty much Logan, not Perez. Perez has been here for a minute and Lance has been here for a minute. And we're going to start off with Lance Stroll. OK, we're going to talk about each one of these drivers that you see right here in the segment card but we're going to start off with lance stroll i think lance stroll this weekend was totally ridiculous i think it was ridiculous lance launching his steering wheel lance you know cursing i'm not i'm not too mad at that you know you can people curse sometimes but lance is out of character when he does it so he's out of his own character uh basically the way he shoved his trainer off i'm trying to figure out what was he so surprised at that he reacted that way I didn't see anything different happening that we haven't been seeing pretty much majority of the season. And that's the fact that Lance Stroll has underperformed, especially in comparison to Alonzo. So what was he so surprised at? What all of a sudden has Lance Stroll been mad at? Up until now, Lance has been, oh, you know, there's next week. Oh, you know, hey, there's a, you know, there's something else going on after the race that I can participate in and possibly win. So, you know, you, we live to fight another day. Lance has been pretty honky-dory when it comes to underperforming. But now, all of a sudden, he he's all pissed about his performance. He's pissed about what he's not doing. I'm like, bro, can can we can we stop the cap? Can we stop capping right now? I just I just want to stop capping. But I will say this. Lance Stroll ends up at least in the points. All right. He ends up at least in the points. Uh, we get to see Lance Stroll bring it on up to ninth place, which uh, just in front of Gasly. And that's pretty much, you know, better than what he's been doing. He's been horrible in qualifying. He hasn't been great in the race. Alonzo still outperforming him in the same car right there in six. A uh, big shout out and congratulations to Pia. I know we're not talking about Pia Pia right now, but McLaren again showing up and Pia Ashry definitely showing off winning the sprint race and coming in to collect a podium. So a pretty big, nice trifecta for him just getting in the pole position for sprint, then winning the sprint race, then getting second in, in the race itself. So I just I want to hear from you all. What do you think about that? What do you think about Lance Stroll's his behavior? What do you think about him? Oh, Baraka, Lance frustrations finally got to him. Let's see what Baraka has to say. We bring a Baraka in right now. Baraka, come on to the stage, my brother. Let's see what you got to say. Oh, my goodness. Baraka, what's happening, bro? Oh, no, 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 no. Mic check, nothing. Nothing for you. Nothing, not yet. All right. It's okay. You need to come. Okay. I got you. I got you. Baraka's going to come back. These, these things happen. He's going to get right. And uh, while Baraka's getting right, we do have somebody else. We got Uno coming in. So Uno's going to go ahead and come to the stage. Uh, so let me get Uno in here. Uno says, why do drivers set bad examples for youngsters? That's a very good question. Uno, Blue Diva in the Super Chat over on the YouTube says, poor Ocon was uh puking in his helmet during the race yo that is crazy that's something One, else two. what's going on uno give me a mic check what's bro. up much what's up my brother oh yeah yeah definitely you hear me good, good? Man. i hear you yeah, good so I, go I, ahead, I had to brother. check i had to check i had to check there you go. Now, let's, there you go. let's run this let's run Here's this for a minute go ahead right i don't understand these guys now we got youngsters watching as well and in the audience in the in this in the uh the, the stadiums all cheering these guys on but can you tell me what was Lance Stroll's behavior like that to go and make himself be picked on? Just like that. Be spotted to the kids to show that stupid example to your trainer. When your trainer is just actually saying to you, you've got to go out into the way bridge. That's what the trainer was. So instead of him to go and snap, calm himself down and go and do what he's supposed to go and do as a routine. Not set a stupid example on the screen to where youngsters will think, was that good daddy was that really good what's wrong with this driver why was his attitude these guys got to set a prime example to make themselves be treasured as national icons not tea nor egotism nor get angry we're the ones who get angry we're the fans who pay them and if we don't like something we'll kick up fuss but not the drivers they are prime examples of national icon treasures and that's what lance stroll's got to be or else get out <laughs> mm, all right i got i got i got a, i got a question for you bro because that's that's a that's a good point so let me give you a let me give you a question real quick before i i let you off and then you come back on so are you you're not saying that drivers don't have any room to show any emotion are you you're not saying that but 
if a driver shows emotion, do you then still feel okay if they come back and rectify it and explain it, put it in context, and then therefore offer? Like Lewis Hamilton's done this several times. Like, hey, you know, my re my actions definitely weren't you know respectable. I want to apologize. Is that okay with you, or are you saying that there is zero tolerance for that? Nah, correction. You what Lewis done as a prime okay. ambassador, right? As a role model of an ambassador, you can let loose. But you don't have to come up with pure excuses. The actual thing you do is to show the people that you're a human being and you respond to the people who wants to know why were you pre why were you very upset? Well, it's the same way as we parents that get frustrated. A child's gonna come up and go, Daddy, what 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 why are you angry? What 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 makes you angry? Then as a parent, right. we're gonna explain. But the thing about it is, okay. these guys has got to learn to know how to respond, respect, and apologize is pure. You go out to the cameras, say sorry, show the world that you're still a human being, explain the reasons, but you don't need to come out and do like what he did, Lanstro did on that, on that um, interview. That interview was stupid. His attitude was above and beyond. Right, it was no explanation. He still come out and swear on the air. I was, sh and he hear it blanked out. It was sh right, right. That was rude. Right. That was uncalled for. And then when the guy was asking more questions, he just went, "I got to do better," and then walked off. Right. That's no, that's right. no example okay. to a, 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 a driver. The example, the example you give is what you said. A, a driver's got to apologize, calm himself down, show the public I made a mistake. It's just my frustration. You can't get it with the same with Charles. Charles, calm okay. down. Even though he's angry, he's explained the reasons, but he still kept calm. Did you hear him swear? Did you see him go off and say, look, whatever, ish, and, and then come out with an attitude? No. He said, oh, the reason is because of the car, blah, 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 and then that's okay. it. Walked off. So All there right. you go. Appreciate that, Uno. Appreciate that, my brother. Appreciate that. Definitely. I, I agree. I agree. You know, they do have to set an example. Lewis Hamilton is, is a prime icon for that. Coming to the stage, we got Baraka coming back up. Let's see if he's got his audio together. Me? Give me a mic check. Yeah. Mic check? Now, okay. Yeah, now we in there, bro. Now we in there. Okay, man. Let's yep. make this happen. I'm going to give you F1 minute, brother. All right, here you um, go. So I think with Lance, I could, so I could somewhat relate to him. I'm not saying that I'm a racing driver. I'm far from it. I'm not the right. best qualified to talk about race race driver's attitude. But in terms of like, let's say an athlete or a sportsman's uh, attitude once they're visibly frustrated, I could relate to it. Okay. Uh, because for example, I play soccer. Sunday league um, gets very intense a lot, even though it's nothing too serious. It gets very intense very quickly. And when you and like when you know it's like. Hey, he's like, you're, I'm better than this. And I'm not, show, I'm not up to par. You get visibly frustrated or when a teammate or the entire team is playing below to the standards that you know, that you are, you're at, you get frustrated. You start swearing. I'm, I'm, I'm a victim of it. Like yesterday, we, my team lost. I cussed the hell out of my players making a mistake. I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a saint, but it happens. It happens. Right. It happens. So the, in, like Lance's interview is like, I know people are mad that he, he did what he did, but I think I'm coming from a place that's like, I can relate to it. I can understand it because I've been such, I haven't been interviewed, but when like a coach is talking to me and I'm pissed, I'm just giving like one or two word answers because it's like, I'm in no mood given how, what happened today. I'm in no mood for any paragraphs. Just I'm an answer and dip. I'm just going to keep it short and keep it a right. buck. Okay. And it's like him pushing this again, him pushing the trainer is like, I'm not condoning it, but okay. it's like, Hey, it's like, again, I'm, I'm, I'm in the world. It's like, it happens. It's like when you're pissed like at a certain point, a person will snap. And I think Lance, the pressure got to him. Finally, it was, it was in due time, given how the team started off the season with Alonzo carrying it. And yeah, you can say the team regressed, right? But the position where the team was, Compared to start, I say Lance is probably thinking about maybe maybe I didn't meet up the par that I thought I would be, and it's now it's now hidden and it's frustrating. So yeah, right. So let me let me throw you this before we get on to the next one. So yeah. I'm just in the mind frame that Lance is a little bit too late for this. 
We've had a good we're, yes. we're through half of the season now, and up until now, he's been hunky-dory about his underperformance. He's been at the interviews like, hey, you know, it'll be tomorrow. We'll, you know, bye-bye. He's been real casual and nonchalant about it. Now, all yeah. of a sudden, here it is. You're you're trying to show this aggression and this passion that you're underperforming. I mean, bro, you've been underperforming all season, and you've been cool with it. So I got to wonder, what has changed? Has a conversation taken place? Has certain things been mentioned in a meeting maybe because that's out of character from what we've seen and he's been further back than that and we haven't uh, seen that all season i think with that i think it's accumulated it's, it's, it, I, I think it was something progressive i think he was trying to hold it in within but again like i said at a certain point when you can you can only even as a human being as an athlete you can only hold within holding so much before you, you snap gotcha i'm like so i'm guessing he it, it it just it, it, what happened this past weekend just finally snapped okay. it, it mentally broke him and you can see like the frustrations like i well his 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 interview if you remember eminem's kyle bush whenever kyle bush is pissed <laughs> it, like if people who watch nascar knows it's like once kyle bush or denny or anyone are pissed you only get one word answer and you people just like all right i'm gone i don't oh, feel like it right you know but Bubba's Bubba is like when he's pissed, like the the Kyle Larson incident last year. He gave one word answers and just dipped. Right. So I'm guessing it just it built it built it built up and he it showed. Okay. So yeah. All right. All right. We'll see. We're gonna get ready to move on to the next round because I know you're gonna have something to say about this. I know you coming back, bro. <laughs> I know you are. You got to. If you don't, it ain't right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna we're about to move to our next driver in this card right here. As you see, this guy right here. That guy right there, Perez, again, having a very lackluster weekend. Uh, Perez coming in 11th outside of the points. Not only that, but Perez collecting penalty after penalty. Not only that, but then Perez also, I believe, was off track at some point in time. Is uh, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm thinking Perez is – even if he's not out of Red Bull's door at a certain point in time, mentally, I think he's out of the door for this season. I don't fully believe, just like Baraka said, it's something that built up. I cannot, I cannot fully believe that Perez would hear the things that have been said about him from within his own team, from head key personnel, i.e. helmet, Mark, go not about a culture of people, about his performance, uh, punches or shots as to his ability to perform in Formula One based off of his family status and his obligations to the family. I just got to think that that has to get to a person. That has to get to a person. And I'm wondering if Perez has not just checked out mentally, knowing that even him saying something like, Seconds the best that I can get. You can't tell me that as a driver, he doesn't want more than that, but he's not going to get more than that. He's in he's in risk of maybe not even getting that. He would have been more so in risk had Ham Lewis Hamilton finished that race. I do believe Lewis Hamilton, aside from the situation, which we're going to get to that, Lewis Hamilton and Russell a little bit, so don't bring it up right now. We got a whole segment for that. I do believe Lewis Hamilton's on podium this past weekend outside of that situation happening. And if that is the case the margin between him and Perez is that much smaller and the risk of Perez not being the second best driver in a championship is that much larger. So I want to know what you all think. Is Perez checked out mentally? Uh, is Perez in some way rebellion? Is Perez so far emotionally, like Barack said, building up that he can't even perform the way we've seen him as a light on the YouTube chat, DG Big Blue, big shout out for the super chat says, I feel that uh, I feel that Perez has checked out and wants out of Red Bull Racing. He needs to go somewhere else and re uh, rediscover his passion for racing. And that, you know, I would think that uh, Christian Horner would support that. I mean, if you think about all the hoopla and shenanigans he was talking about, Danny Rick coming back, that's really what it was about. Rediscovering his passion for Formula One getting rid of those bad habits that he built up at McLaren. And right now McLaren seemed to be making some pretty good habits of double podiums and rookies winning sprint races and grabbing pole positions. And so seems that maybe 
you know, maybe McLaren was struggling. That's not a maybe. They were. They're not now. They are the same team that are progressing now that they were then. It took some time. And now it's starting to look more like to me, I don't think McLaren were building bad habits for Danny Rick. I think Danny Rick was in a bad space for himself. Now is Perez in that same space in a team we've seen several drivers outside of Seb, outside of Max, come in and go? Has Perez, Perez overstayed? I want to know what you think. Remember, this episode, this show is about you being involved. And if you don't come on, we're going to go right through this and I'll be on and out. Trust me. Okay, so this is about you, and this is what I feel. So what do you think? What are your thoughts about Perez in Red Bull? What are your, I know what his contract is. Uh, I know what Red Bull has said as to he's the guy. He's going to be here. But is Perez really there? And is Perez possibly ready to go before his contract is up? I think his contract will be up. There we go. Got my, got, got my bro. Our resident Red Bull expert is coming to the stage. Baraka says Perez isn't what we thought he was. Oh, man, I got to do the gunshots. Yep. Damn. All right, bro, you got your F1 minute. Tell us why Perez is not what he what we thought he was. Um. So this is no slate to Perez. I think, like, he's, he's, a, he's been in Formula 1 this long, so if you've been in the sport for this long, you obviously have the talent. You know, we've seen it in Racing Point. But I say that at the time, Wrestling Point was a top-end top midfield team. Mm -hmm. So I try to compare this to, again, I, when I un try to understand things, I try to compare it to, like, football or soccer. Right. When a player moves from a mid-table club to, like, the top, the top creme, de la, creme de la creme type of team, expectations are, you, you have expectations. Right. And just mediocre to medium performances just, just wouldn't cut it. At su mm. such team, so true. I'm guessing him moving from Racing Point to Red Bull, in my opinion, is a big step. And like again, the type of performance he had in the Red Bull—if he performed it in, let's say, a, a modern day Haas, Williams, McLaren—that well, would be fine. McLaren in there, right well, now. yeah, but not right now. But let's say right. McLaren. A few races back. How about, how about Alpine? Alpine? Alpine, yes. Okay, Alpine is a good example. Those type of performances, like okay, that that's pretty good. But if he did such performances in like a prime Mercedes, a current Red Bull, prime Ferrari, it just mm. they, they wouldn't cut. It, it it wouldn't cut at all. Okay. So all I'm right. guessing I'm not I'm guessing when I'm saying what he he's in what we thought he was. I'm people are saying is like, oh he's gonna challenge Max, gonna be on the top end challenging these teams like Ferrari and Mercedes. And yeah, 2021 kind of showed it in a way, but then once the regs came in and they kind of, and the car was, uh, come to find out the car that Red Bull built was perfectly suited for Max. Yeah, you could, people could bring that excuse, but then it's up to the driver of the car to adapt at that point. It's a, like, Formula One is a kill or be killed sport. And mm. if you can't adapt, then you're getting left behind. And I feel like at this point, Checo is now slowly getting left behind in a rocket ship type car. All right. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Before you come back. So what, what were we seeing toward the beginning of the season? Checo's performance was outstanding. And then at some point in time, development happened and then it dropped off. So what do you, what do you say to that transition? Cause we saw it and it was there. It was, a it real was there. It was and there. And then it kind of dwindled off. So wh where, what do you think went wrong? Do you think the development of the car and then maybe several other things? Or do you honestly believe Checo just, it was an admiration. It was, it was, it was just fodder for right then. It just happened to be the luck of the draw. He was able to perform that well because it seemed like it was really solid. And then it just jumped. So what do you think is attributed to before I bring on Uno? What do you got? Um, I personally think it's every, all of it. All of okay. it combined. Luck of the draw, development to Max's style. Because again, I stand by it. Max's style for that Red Bull car is the yeah. fastest style for that car. Okay, I could agree with so that. So they would. So if you're a team owner, you would be. You would. I think you would be a, a the dumbest Ooh. team owner if you don't adapt right. your car to the fastest driver in in a way, not fully, but in a way you could. Got you. But then again, I say the ball is on Checo's court to try to adapt in a way not like fully copy 
part to part from Max. True. But, you know, try to see, okay, Max is doing how, how what is Max's breaking style? What is, what angle is he taking going into corners? Like, how is his accelerations going out, going out of a corner? Some stuff like that, you wow. know, like, again, uh, what, uh, I'm, I'm blanking right now. Uh, he kept on saying how Max and Lewis love a twitchy front end. Right. So it's like, maybe given how the car is set and built up, at this point, if I were him, go do a lot of sim runs to try to give a feel of practice of it. There you you go. know, probably he's like, hey, talk to Christian Horner. He's like, hey, can I get the that Max set up for my sim run so I can at least not not just challenge Max, but also help you guys in the constructors. Yeah, they want it, but, right. you know, yeah, in the drivers, in the drivers, he's left vulnerable to Lewis, who, let's be real, that Mercedes car is farly inferior. <laughs> you got Max. You got Max pretty much easily handling uh, both Mercedes cars on the, on a given day, but you got Checo struggling. Right. So it maybe Red Bull could offer it's like, hey, here's Max's setup if you want to practice on during uh, non race weekends. You know, after you know, you, of course you can spend time with family, but in the factory, you know, practice, right. get an understanding of just of it. Okay. And you know, but Checo, it, it it's. It, both of them got to communicate or work together on how to improve on that. So, okay. again, it's a mixture of all of all, every point that you just said. You know, all right. he started off the season well. He had yeah. that confidence. But then once Max got comfortable in that car, gone in the wind. Max just right. left him to dust. He's like, yeah. Okay. All right, Brock. I know you're going to be back, man, because we got somebody else coming up next, man. We both American. All right. So all right. Here, you know that. <laughs> Uno says Checo may not gonna have the seat for 2024. Marco gonna let him go. And Horner says Checo needs to get back his form. Finna get ready to bring Uno to the stage so we can hear what he's got to say. All right, Uno, let's go in, bro. Let me get that. One, two, one, right, two. How's there, my voice, dude? There, you good, you good, Uno. Let's go ahead, man. I'm gonna give you an F1 minute. Rock it off, bro. Perfect. As I said, Checo, from uh, two years back, we all see the way he was struggling with racing point and had the confidence, won the, won the um, Sacco champion, the, the race win. And at the end of times, confident that Lance's dad was going to keep him in, in that seat before you get Alonso coming to the seat. So I feel that he felt everything was, he was completely out of it right he's going to be like a danny ricardo he ain't going to be in no driver's seat until when red bull karen horner come along and be a fairy godmother and save him but apart from that checo should never actually feel that he ain't confident enough with his car because at the moment he's been doing quite well the only possibility was i kept saying is the track limits they reduce the track limit down to make sure it can be more tighter more easier and more perfect for these drivers to handle the corners and taking the line speed perfectly without going over the limit and you can see the way checker was pushing the car that at the end of the times yeah he's gone above the um, track limits and it's not only him how many other drivers are continue to get the tick of five five pen was it penalty of five points five second penalty that's it five second penalty mm -hmm. five second penalty and it's not only him mm -hmm. but he's got it about three times and when he get it at three times it's like a baseball game that's what put the pressure on him and you can hear when he got into the interview he wasn't happy he wasn't like yeah i made a mistake blah blah but checker was saying it's very hard out there it is so on uncomfortable ungrippable you, you you try to you know maintain the limits on the but you could not always keep the grip because every constant time you see how many other drivers apart from him slide off the track going off mm. the tracks and then you keep hearing it five seconds five seconds five seconds right. it coming like a song album right. got it double That's time true. at album got it double time five and that was 10 10 second penalty but at the end of the times right. we should not ever give Checo that hard time because even Marco should never actually attack him because Checo can drive. Checo's got that quality. And more importantly, Checo's going to prove that he can be part of the team. So if they can make a race winning car the same as what they've done for this construction ship, why not improve Checo's car? You're all the time right. hearing it with Max. 
The only time you see Max winning is Max. They even go and class him on his, what's it, his notification board, Super Max. <laughs> you don't see that on Checo, did you? You didn't see that one time on Checo. We all see it when it's Max. And it's Super Max. What about Checo when he actually done it how many times? Three, four times. Yeah. And got up to being classing the WDC second position championship. That's Checo fighting for that. He's not doing like what one lose to pass him. He's not going to say, you know what, I give up. Checo is fighting Good to point. show that he too can get into this world championship. So he's not going to quit. But at the end of the times, he doesn't out and displayed like a Chinese dummy of um spiritual essence. He's a guy that's going to work. And if you put Checo in that position, then bring him where he's going to show respect, quality, and response. Right? Alright. Nice. Nice. Well, no, definitely nice. I, I, I agree with everything you said, brother. I appreciate you on that, definitely. And we about to get on Logan Sargent Not right now. <laughs> Uno and Baraka cooking. I don't know where y'all at. I don't know where you are. I know, you know, I, I'm done with the invites. I know several people seem like they had things to say in regards to what happened this weekend. We are going to talk about Logan Sargent briefly. Uh, Logan, broken promises. Broken promises. Every time Logan says he's going to dial it back, he doesn't. Logan off track again this weekend in Qatar and then quitting or bowing out in the actual race. I do understand dehydrated. He felt ill. He left the track. I definitely would applaud his decision if he felt like he was unable to pilot that car and he maybe he felt himself that he was a risk to other drivers on the track and bowing out. He was cleared at the track, as we have seen. And no, Ocon was puking in his helmet. I think there were worse situations than Logan, but I'm not the one to say what Logan's tolerance of pain or what his ability is to handle adverse situations physically. Everybody is not in the same physical uh, fitness and maybe Logan needs to work on that. But I do think as a whole, they need to figure out a good hydration protocol before going into these races. But Logan, either way it goes, you're not sitting in a pretty seat, okay? You came into this race saying you were going to dial it back. You already knew it was about bringing the car home safe. You're off track in Kitty Little Corner. Logan's not putting together a good resume. Now, that's two out of the three that I told you about. I said if Logan takes this car off track, wrecks, beaches it, does whatever – Three more times before the end of this season, I think he's making a strong campaign for James Viles and Williams Racing to say, we may need to move on. But I also said two things can be true, so I also feel this way as well. If the team do elect to give Logan more runway in 2024 to not only prove himself, but to improve himself, I will fully support that because Williams, to me, will be then going off the criteria of what a typical rookie entering Formula One is. These rookies just don't come in and go off. And if Logan is going to be in that situation and with a team that will take everything that he's done this season, uh, damaging the cost cap, damaging the car, and still come back in 2024 says, hey, you get a full season of testing. You get to come here. You're going to get a full run. You're going to get full sim time. Now show us what you can do with a full package of support in 2024. I commend and I will commend Williams for that. But I will say this doesn't mean anything's going to change. Logan could get this opportunity and still throw it away because that's just who he is. Just like Barack came on and said, Perez is who we thought he was. He's not who I thought he was. I thought Perez, I still think Perez is better than that. But still saying, Logan might be what he is. Uh, if we look right here, Logan Sargent not finishing the race. Final driver to kind of get up out of there. Sainz didn't get, even get an opportunity to compete as Ferrari had more fuel issues. Maybe they were trying to implement that fuel, fuel mapping protocol that they were audited for way back then. You know, I'm just saying no shots thrown, right? But uh, we'll see what happens with that. But what do you think about Logan Sargent 2024? Uh, do, all, all I want to know, simple question before we move on about Logan, because we're going to get to this next segment. Simple question. If you are team principal, and I want this question answered if you're going to come on. If you are team principal, do you give Logan next season? Barack is coming, says Logan needs a coming to Jesus moment. Damn, a coming to Jesus moment. Oh, my gosh. 
Baraka, come on, bro. Tell us, tell us what kind of moment is it? Come on down. Won't you, won't you, won't you join <laughs> us down? He's calling you. Won't you come on down? <laughs> Let's go. What do we got? Um, so again, out of the rookies, again, first off, congrats to Piastri. This yeah. is probably the best weekend of his life. And it's like that sprint race, I was even I was happy. I was celebrating. It's like, yo, this is this is like if people don't understand, this is a very big moment, not just for Piastri, but McLaren in general, you know. Right. As of late, these wins don't come near this. These wins don't come off, but this is a testament to McLaren's development throughout the season. You know, right. back to back podiums in one weekend is amazing. You know, but for Logan, I, ooh, it's it's tough. I think it's tough to judge him off this weekend. Like, yes, Saturday he he kind of beached himself in in the sprint, but given how the context of like how every almost every driver started was struggling around that part of the track during the sprint and practice is like hey it's a bit dusty it's a bit gusty or windy you know true so it's like you know i'm not gonna judge logan on that too much and also saturday how he felt massively dehydrated and like if people who who ran like marathons or play sports who happened to like have the ill fortune to be dehydrated it is a miserable feeling. It's a crappy feeling, and I don't wish that on anyone, not even my worst enemy. Because you, right. you feel like the your soul has been sucked out of you, and you're just a dead man walking. It's not fun. Yeah. So, with Logan, I think after the end of the season, I think, judging how James Vallis has been pushing, talking, I think they may keep him for another season, given it's like, they say James is like saying, it's like, yeah, even though Logan has been like crashing out, like, yeah. Each race, there's been increments of improvement in a way. Like Suzuka is like, he was, he was kind of like kind of up there with Alex. It's like even without the upgrades compared to Alex, like time wise, he was kind of up there. Right. But again, like I said last week, if James Rouse gets him next season, if he doesn't improve by hat the summer break, then you might as well just chuck him out and probably look for someone else. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, th I think. Um... Uh, before I let you go, I think the maybe less paddle ball would have been something that probably could have saved a lot of the drivers. <laughs> I, if you look at the drivers that passed out, I'm pretty sure most of them participated in their whole big paddle ball competition that they went out and exerted a lot of energy, if not a lot yeah. of energy, definitely a lot of hydration, a lot of water. I think uh, th by 3 a.m., by the time I get to 645, mm -hmm. I've already had 100 ounces of water, 99-something ounces of water. There's no excuse for a team to that magnitude not running a proper hydration protocol for their driver and are saying like yo we're going into some very high conditions you cannot go out and pay paddle ball sorry you can't i'm guessing i'm you guessing know, of course they want their drivers to do their own thing you know they don't want to overmanage them you know right. they're, we're everyone they're, we're all grown adults here you know right and they don't want to overmanage and i'm guessing yeah maybe because i probably lay back on a paddle ball but i feel like something like this because I have I don't I don't know if it was announced that was judged during practice or sprint. I didn't hear much about, you know, drivers feeling dehydrated or they you know, feeling very drained after practice mm -hmm. or sprint. But during the race, within the middle of the race, like for example, you got Checo saying he's like, Blood, I can't see a thing. I don't know if it's just the dust or my eyes are or I'm dehydrated. Right. I can barely see a thing. You got, you know, Ocon literally admitting he's like, Yeah, I, I puked inside my helmet. helmet right you know you got again logan on the radio is like i just i don't think i'll i can make finish up this race because i just feel like utter dog crap right and you got like you have like max and lando in the in the in the room and they look dead and they 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 finished one and two and they they look dead inside it's like right so i'm guessing it's something that no one foresaw yep that's a that's a, that's, so, a, that's a good point i don't know i and Speaking about this week, I don't know what's been this weekend has just been a myriad of issues from weather, <laughs> track layouts, track limits, sausage curt, the sauce. This it weekend was a, was, it was crazy for all parties involved. Facts, it was crazy. So it was I'm crazy. For, I'm for so, the yeah. smoke. I'm, I'm for, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. for Qatar for next season. I'm, I'm good with Qatar on the schedule, bro. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Yep. Right, I'm about to bring one away. Appreciate it, Baraka. No problem. All right, Uno coming in says Logan still do his best. Get on he how on how he felt. 
he still gave his best. Woo! But maybe his best is not enough. Uh, DG Big Blue in the YouTube Super Chat. Big shout out and big appreciation. It says, it's too soon to move on from Logan. He needs time. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that both ways. Go mm -hmm. ahead, Uno. Let mm -hmm. me go ahead, man. You got Your mic is good. Go ahead, brother. I got your F1 minute. Cheers. Man, man, man. From what I saw of Logan and what Baraka said, respect is true. You're in the desert and this is the desert. Not like some movie. This is basically a hot tropical kind of surrounding place and with the start with it with the the the, the um, Arabians yeah it's coming like it actually is Arabian night but for what Logan had I heard from Ted Kravitz said he did suffer a bit like some kind of like poisoning or some kind of um, thing that made him feel a bit queasy and he still go and gave it all we never did knew about that we never heard that um, right. Logan was feeling that bad only to when now he got into driving, you heard it on the radio, you heard the announcement, he wasn't it wasn't himself, he wasn't 100%. But they said right. it's up to him if he wants to carry on, and if he wants to go a bit more further, in the end, pull out. But at the end pull of up. the times, that goes to show, that's, that's a human being. You don't have to be that's a rookie, true. you don't have to show you're superhuman, you don't have to show that you're a man of steel, because you ain't. <laughs> you are a, a human being with qualities, and the capabilities of doing what he can and how we saw logan done it i have to say well done to him to say um i can't go any further okay so yeah big shout out big shout out uno appreciate that man appreciate that we're being reasonable uno uno has a very good point and that is true but now it's time it is game time you already know what time it is we about to get this on and popping some of y'all better have something to do and we are about to talk about you already know it's, it's, it's time for us to get into it. Lewis and Russell collide again. Okay. I've already given my point on this. I've given my perspective on this, and I'm going to tell you right now. Russell shares some blame in this. It is not utterly and completely Lewis's fault. Lewis definitely made a mistake. He definitely overjudged, but... Russell, come on, bro. You saw Lewis. Come on, Russell. You knew what the plan was. Y'all talked about this in the meeting, Russell. You saw Lewis and you edged over on him several times, bro. You edged over several times on Lewis. So I'm not buying it about him not knowing that Lewis Hamilton was there. I'm not buying that. He edged over several times on Lewis. And we, we got to stop believing these things russell is talking about this man saying he didn't see lewis when he goes back and looks at it yeah it's all it's not all of lewis's fault it's it's just not i can't i can't even i can't even even agree to that even somewhat i saw russell edge over not once not twice but three times in this situation three times in this situation russell edges over right there just look at him if you see, Russell right now is completely tucked behind Max Verstappen. Lewis Hamilton is running up with pace. Lewis Hamilton is about to overtake that. Is is about to be a wrap. Look at Russell. Boom. One time. So you mean to tell me you move over left and you ain't looking? Your teammate's right there. Boom. Again, he put right there. He's almost getting ready to collide with Lewis Hamilton. He literally would have hit Lewis had he not, Lewis not giving him space. So Lewis has already given him space right there. So that's two times he's moved over. You can't tell me that Russell didn't see Lewis by this point. And then here we go again. Three times he moves over. Three times he moves over. Okay, three times. Here we go. No, so this is where the mistake happens. You got, again, three going into one. We heard it doesn't work, but we've seen it work in Silverstone. I believe we had three cars side by side going at it. I think it was Perez, Lewis, and maybe Russell Orlando. I can't recall the other driver, but we've seen it. But here it is. The mistake Lewis makes is, to me, in my opinion, is trusting that Russell's going to abide by what they've already talked about. Lewis is going to have the stronger pace. He's on the better tire off the start. We already know Lewis Hamilton is a monster off the start. And he's trusting that Russell's going to listen. I've already given him space. He's already moved on me over on me three times. I've got the pace. Russell's probably going to go ahead and yield so I can get by Max. And then we'll have Max in between two Mercedes and we'll do our best from there. That's not what happened. Russell, to me, 
gets greedy and gets blinded and he goes he stays there instead of backing out hamilton makes the mistake of trusting it coming down and turning he has several room over to his left hand side i do feel like lewis should have not trusted that fact with russell he should have gave him more space moved out to the left you already moved over three times because russell moved moved you out and that's on russell at this point in time you got the pay i do believe Lewis Hamilton could have went the long way around. He's already getting ready to pass Max at this point in time. He's going to beat Max out of this corner. Lewis Hamilton is going to beat Max out of this corner, barred that this doesn't happen. And it's a wrap. So, yeah, me, I completely believe there is fault to be shared on both sides. I do. But we only see that one person, one person, is a big enough person as he always is to come and say, hey, my bad about that. I own my responsibility. I own my part. It's my fault. Hey, big shout out. And it kills me when people say, oh, Lewis already admitted the fault. What, two things can be true. He could take responsibility for what happened and own his portion of it, but stop acting like there's not other blame to go around there because it is. Don't try to don't try to use Lewis apologizing and owning his responsibility to try to think that that's going to be something I'm going to let you use to try to. Oh, yeah, it's it's all on Lewis because he admitted it. He admitted his portion of it. I agree about his portion of it. But Russell not seeing Lewis. Come on, man. We got to stop this. We got we got to stop this. I got to know what y'all think about this. What do y'all think? Plenty of blame to share or is it? What do y'all got for me? Who's coming up next? Who's stepping up to the stage? And I'm not inviting no more rats and roaches up here. Y'all already know the open invite stands. Y'all never do. We got Baraka. Both admitted fault, but the real blame is, ooh, on Mercedes, and I agree on that. Baraka coming to the stage again. Let's see what Baraka's got to say. Um, so what I got to say with this, in my opinion, I think George reacting, like both, first off, both Merck got the jump on Max at the start mm -hmm. the ill fortune is that george caught that slipstream from max so he got some extra miles per hour faster and as he got closer to max like every racing driver would do they would try to move over to find some space and not crash behind the driver look so let's just let's just use the george i hate to say it i hate to try to defend george you you know me it's like i <laughs> the chances i slander george i will take it gotcha but <laughs> let's just use his excuse of hey i didn't see lewis in his mirror okay we'll we'll use that we'll, we'll you will use that excuse okay when i look i remember looking at, i think they showed up on board and i felt like in my opinion lewis kind of misjudged the space he gave george going into turn one he and i'm not saying it's like oh you know just because lewis misjudged oh he's a terrible driver Drivers make mistakes. They would, you know, no driver is prone to making the mistakes every now and then. And I feel like this is one of the rare occasions, given where Lewis is at, okay. that I will openly admit it's like, hey, he kind of misjudged it. Okay. And even he said it himself. It's like, hey, I just looked at it. I could see the the blame that I put on. It's like I, I misjudged the corner. You know, George got George got sandwiched in between. Okay. Like. Both like after he got out Max's slipstream, you got Max going like, parking on the apex like every racing driver do once they feel like they're gonna get overtaken. Smart way right. to do is try to park it on the apex, prevent yourself from going get be vulnerable for the the switchback. And you got Lewis on the outside, so you you got two cars right on either side going into a okay. corner, and you're just there. You're just there minding your own business, you know, just, okay. you know, trying to, you know, run your race and then boom, this incident happened. Right. Okay. So I got a question for you, Baraka. Yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm bring this in. I got a question for you. I'm going to bring yeah, this gotcha. in and I'm going to ask you this. All right. So here we go. Where is, where is Russell? Um, at that point, he looks like he's behind Max. Right. Yeah. He's, behind he's right. He's right behind Max, uh, within his slipstream. Uh, so let me ask you why he does this. Bow. Why does Russell stop right there? Why does Russell give that little jut of the steering wheel like he realizes that somebody's there? Watch how he comes out behind Max and bow. Did you see that little move? Yeah. Okay. That? that part, so I think. I he think actually saw. I I I use that because I think he saw yeah. that Lewis was there at that point in time. That's yeah, why I he think didn't keep that, going on. I think at that point, that's when he realized, like, oh crap, Lewis is there. But luckily, Lewis gave with, him gave him the room. Like once. 
he yeah, gave him the yeah. room. So like that and that on Lewis is the the very wealth of experience he's had in this sport. Okay. You know, compared to every other else, like the wealth of experience, like let me not crash right here because this would I think if that happened, that would have been a pile up right oh, there. Yeah, Lewis that would have definitely been a pile up. That would have been like <laughs> what we in NASCAR call the big one. That would the big one, one would have happened. <laughs> right, right, the big one. The big one right. would have happened. So like all props to like that part. I give props to Lewis for that avoidance. Right, but like, going I, into he, the corner, I do going into the corner. Missed, I will yeah. still stand by. He low key going he into the, the corner. Long way around. Yeah, that's what I said. That too is like he low key kind of misjudged. And yeah. I'm not saying oh Lewis is a terrible driver for that. It's like no, 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 no. He's far from a terrible driver. It's just you know a little blimp. Facts. It's Facts. a little blimp. I that's agree. it. Nothing. Too, nothing too special. And I think the reaction. On Twitter at the time was warranted. Emotions are high. Facts. But I feel like right. emotions are high, but me looking at it objectively, this is I'm taking every, like I'm taking the fan part of me. I'm just looking at this objectively. Looking at the footage. Looking at the footage is like, yeah, George, of course, has that part of blame because he kind of nudged Lewis out wide. Good job to Lewis for avoiding contact. Like right. he, there was some form of contact still. But it, again, it could have been the big one. Yeah, it could have been the big one. It, it could have been the big one. But right. I still stand by. It's like, hey, going into that corner, he low-key kind of misjudged it. And and I say this. People are like, oh, you know, there's probably pre, pre-race or team orders and all that. And I say team orders on a race start or team orders on a restart or uh, a, ra- a restart or a race start is probably the last thing a team should do. Because everyone knows a restart or a race start is probably the most chaotic part of the race it is it is it's probably it, it's more it's more of a up to chance it's in god's hands than anything else it is so okay. and then also i think and also i'm gonna say this the fia also has parts to blame and the track the track developers because again you know you have pirelli is like trying to the mandatory three three stop come on and i don't know if Kind of felt weird. I saw when Lewis started on the soft, given how the softs were in the sprint. It's like, eh, it's a bit weird. Right. And that's why I blame Mercedes at. It's like, eh, it's a bit off, odd, given how you saw how quick, like after like four, th- four or five laps, this, the soft tires were dead. Right. Anyone on the soft tires was a dead yeah, man walking long. at that point. You didn't have long. So seeing right. seeing Lewis start off, it was like, I, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that, Chief. I don't know. Whoever okay. whoever decided on that, I'm looking at you sideways. Okay. It's like I'm looking at you sideways. Like, okay, if this is in the middle of the race, you want to get the, the tire out of the way. Then yeah. Okay. But <laughs> kind of a not decision, in my opinion. Okay. But that's that's where I stand. All right, Brock. I think that's fair, bro. Appreciate you. <laughs> no problem. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at your side eye. Over in the super chat, we got Mary Beanie says Shady can't see Lewis yell right 2016 again. Uh, DG Big Blue says number 77 was still on the team thing. Like uh, this wouldn't happen. Oh, okay, yeah. I, a lot of people have said that he knows that 44 is priority. Went on different tires, and the team would be better. That's a very that's a solid point, DG Big Blue Navy. Hurrah. Will I am says good evening, everyone. And Will comes in with gifts, blessing somebody with a Wolfpack membership. And it's Mabuza gets a Wolfpack membership, one of the best gifts that you can get out here in the Formula One atmosphere. Big shout out to Will. And right now we are going to do Will, my brother. If you're ready, go ahead and call in. We're going to do our five shots for Will. And this is how we're going to get ready to head this out. We're going to try to see what Will's got for us. I'm going to rattle off five strong questions for Will. He's going to give his best answers for you all. And then we're going to see what's happening. We will be back with WPPN announcements as Will is known to be the lead for that right here in the Wolfpack family. As soon as he gets acclimated and gets something, he out about, you know what I'm saying, traveling abroad, taking care of business. As soon as he can, we'll have that WPPN back. But if Will is ready, uh, let's go ahead and do the five, the quick five real quick. The mechanic over in the Super Chat says, peace to the fam. 
Purple Sectors Lifestyle. Big shout out to the mechanic. Always remember you can get your Purple Sectors merch off the website. Links are below. And for a limited time supporting October Breast Cancer Month, we do have the Pole into Podium Fuchsia Pink shirts. Go ahead, head over those and grab you one by October. They will be gone. They will not be available until the following October. Here goes Will, the tight five. Let's get ready to go. No clock needed for this. We are what's going on. Oh, I see you Purple Sectors Lifestyle, brother. Living my best life <laughs> all right will let's go brother you ready to give me a mic check nope no mic no mic at all he's gonna come off and he's gonna come back on i'm gonna go ahead let's see mic check again i got nothing right there i'm gonna drop will off and bring him back let him call back in real quick and we'll get that going uh big shout out to the mechanic also big shout out to anybody and everybody that is either supporting that has lost that is still going through that has just started that has that has been going through this journey of cancer especially breast cancer in this month you have all the support you have all the love and positive vibes from us big shout out to you also um the money gathered yesterday's live is going to be attributed to feeding families for thanksgiving so once that happens i will take the pictures of how many turkeys we were able to put together and it's the baskets how many baskets we were able to put together for those families so big shout out to everybody that participated in yesterday's live stream for the race highlights and i'm even going to do something else i don't know if you saw if anybody's here and you saw yesterday's highlights i went crazy i uh totally demolished a w14 that had the number 44 and 63 on it uh, that truck was fully operational before then. What I am going to do, I'm going to bring Will while I talk about this and then make sure his mic is good. So, now? Yeah, he's good it. right now. So what I am going to do, people, is I'm going to bring that truck up and for a live stream, whatever we have now, preferred being the U.S., there won't be any batteries with it because I'm not going to go through the whole U.N. code thing. But the truck itself is repairable. You can order parts for it. I'm going to go ahead in a live chat, whichever super chats we have that are going for a raffle i will package that truck in the box with the remote with the parts that went flying off of it because i beat it to shit and you will be able to have that truck and you could just order the parts from red cat racing and hopefully have a nice little project for a little one so uh this cat rock says next year with a good car Lewis is good going to fight for eighth for george for one it will be chaos the mechanic says can we do more thanksgiving on another day we probably will it's going to be short because i got to turn it in this coming up week so we'll do that a little sooner next season the mechanic guaranteed so will let's go brother are you ready ready set go all right so here we go listen do you believe i think we talked about this but i want to get it from you so are we talking about the fia and formula one issuing a hydration protocol or should we be looking more for the teams to be a little bit more controlling of their drivers going into this environment next season all right i think it's a combination of a few things i think protocol they should look into that see if there's anything they can change on that end i think the teams they can probably adjust some things as far as their um, hydration protocols and how their uh, physios are taking care of them but i think the third thing that really needs to be discussed are it would be the calendar the amount of races where they hold them and the seasons that they're holding certain races in. if they're going to want to go and do the whole you know greenwashing in the middle east they're gonna have to make sure those races are outside of this time frame where the track is up to 30 40 degrees celsius okay all right next one is Perez checked out, even if his contract's not up, is Perez pretty much done himself at Red Bull? And if you do say yes or no, why? I think I think he's done. I think that he is done as far as Red Bull is concerned. And I think that's not even really up to him. When I say he's done, I just think that the writing's on the wall. So whenever they have the opportunity to put somebody in his, in his uh, position once his contract runs out, I think that's definitely going to happen. I think him being a rear gunner for Max, we had talked about this weeks ago, that that does work. But I think at the same time, it gets to the point where when the other teams start catching up, like McLaren, i.e. Mercedes and, and Ferrari and everyone starts catching up, then you're really going to need somebody to be a true rear gunner and not somebody that's coming up from the back of the pack and all that type of stuff. It's just not going to work. So I think that he's checked out because of his performance. I think he'd rather be driving, but I think Red Bull kind of already has that decision made up. Okay. So next question. Lando and his situation with good old Oscar Piastri. Lando has a press conference that says that it's talent. Is Lando starting to get a little bit of his own medicine dealing with Oscar Piastri and McLaren? 
I think it's a little bit, if we're, if we're referring back to the whole Danny Rick situation, probably a little bit, where now somebody has stepped in and they're now doing a little bit better. Of course, he's leading right now in the season, but he is doing quite well, and he did get his first win before Orlando did. Even if it's just, just a sprint race, he got his first win before Orlando did. Um, he's getting podiums. He's doing really well there, and I think the talent thing is kind of funny because I think that was 2021 when he slid off during practice, and they asked him if he was okay, and he you know, brought up the whole talent thing. They had that comment, so it was reminiscent of when that happened, and so I think both drivers are really good. I think they have a good driver pairing. It reminds me of the days when it was Alonzo and Hamilton in 2007, but not the same animosity, but let's see how it goes when the car is competing for wins all the time. I don't know if that's going to be the same type of um, the same type of animosity or the same type of toxicity. It might not be as much because their personalities are a little different. Okay, so Haas getting ready to deliver this mega update coming into Texas, which is definitely not their home GP. I'm not considering their home GP. I will be there. Do you think we see more than 14th and 16th from Haas with this update in Texas? Or do you think Haas is what Haas is? I think Haas is what Haas is. I think if there's anything better than 14th and 16th, that's just going to be Nico Hulkenberg driving the wheels off the car. There's a couple people back in the rear midfield that just drive the wheels off these cars someone like a yuki sonoda someone like a nico hulkenberg they just they overdrive those cars and they do pretty well as long as they can stay out of trouble in the back there so i think if anything it's going to be on nico's shoulders not k mag i don't know what's going to happen with him because i do see um you know them bringing in who was it uh ali was it ali bearman that came in and did uh that's going to do practice uh session i think at i want to say at coda i might be messing that all the way up but i think ali bearman is coming into to do like a practice drive with Haas. I think it was him. So, and he's doing well on F2 right now. So I think that K-Mag might be on the hot seat as well. Hasn't been doing too well. We know that's the meatball man right there. So I don't know. I, I think that might be the, the, the writings on the wall for him as well if things don't start to improve because Nico's taking it to him. And I'm gonna maybe try to get out there for a code. I don't know which day or anything like that, but as I'm traveling around, maybe I could try to make it out for like a one day thing on the GP itself and meet up with everyone meet up with like quick stop and all of that so they were doing an yeah. event so just added that in there okay. for Coda. all right so final and last one before we round third base heading in the slide to home plate i would like you to elaborate on your point you made in the wolves den discord as far as mercedes might not even be ready even if they are ready next season uh hold on the first part of that again I would like you to elaborate on your discussion, the discussion we had in the Discord about Mercedes might not even be ready, even if they are ready next season. Okay, so this is my take on the Mercedes situation with what happened at Qatar and all that. Um, you know, there's a lot of back and forth as far as which driver's there, who would be the, uh, who should be the second driver there, who they should bring back, things like that. I think that it's bigger than just the drivers. I think it's the of the team overall, and it's in every single aspect of the team. So, as far as I see it, when I when I analyze the whole entire team, I'm looking at everything from your your team principal to your race engineers to your race strategists to the pit crew to operations logistics everything seems like it's falling apart and i think that's all just because they're resting on their laurels they have been for quite some time and i think that every person that we've always called up to say they're really really good at their job and i like all these people i'm about to name but they all need to step it up we're talking about someone like rosie Waite, who's been the strategist for a long time has made the strategy for the two stop back in 2021 in spain that back then we didn't have the fastest car and they were able to come back and win that race so she definitely has the talent and the skills but what we're looking at is these things need to start to improve, so she needs to buck up. I think that you're looking at people like Bono, who is very conservative. He needs to start to maybe take a little bit more chances as far as how they're running their um, their race strategy, their actual um, race throughout the throughout the season. I think Toto should step to the side and bring in Jerome D'Ambrosio, who they've been bringing up through the ranks and having him like he has sat in it in the past so we know it's not gonna be james Vows right now if it's if that's something that they do in the future i don't know but they have somebody right there that they've actually tried to train up as a team principal in jerome d'ambrosio maybe you just have him do it because i think toto's a little stressed that whole entire having a 33 percent thing the ceo thing i think you need to separate that role that's what zach brown does he's a ceo and he's got a bunch of other people beneath him so he just brings the money and says what do you need to do so maybe you need to separate that make that separation bring jerome in as team principal i think the pit strategies the pit crew 
the pit stop times we all know that's horrible so i just think with that that's just something where you just have to keep practicing keep practicing that's what red bull does i mean mclaren pulled off a 1.8 second stop i think there's just mm. certain things that they need to just get better at it rather than just thinking they could just rock up and just say our two drivers can fix all this because that's really where it's at right now you're putting it all on the drivers which if they don't they don't have the car they don't have the team or the infrastructure behind them you can't win championships you can't win races that way and i don't and as far as the whole entire second driver thing i think that the way that george drives he's always looking to go for lewis as all the young drivers are because he is the goat so of course you're going to want to beat the goat every sport is like that we look at things like basketball and jordan when he was on his way out and all these different people that were always trying to challenge him on the court it's just it's what you expect when it's somebody that's the greatest of all time so i think the issue won't be an issue anymore um when 2024 comes around the car is there because he's constantly trying to race lewis and lewis is just trying to win it's it's not even about i really don't think it's their priorities are just out of whack and george's being the smartest person in the room, you know, it doesn't work for him. It's you have to always be learning, like actually learning. And if you're trying to train strategies on the fly and all that just to get past your teammates, it's never going to work. And I think that that season will be a season that Lewis can compete if they give him the car because they don't have to worry about, he doesn't have to worry about George. He's just worried about Max. He asks for Max, Max's times, even now when the car is in competitive throughout practice. So he's always keeping a mental note of where he needs to be and what they need to do to get out of that car to be able to win a championship. But if they can't fix all that other stuff, there's no driver or constructors championship in their future. Damn, big shout out. Appreciate you much, Will, my brother, man. And I hope that I do get to see you out there in Coda, man. I will be out there. I'm gonna touch down wheels on ground uh, before free practice times even happen up. So I will be out there. So make sure you uh, hit me up if you do happen to be in the area so we can try to link up. All right, my brother. Gonna try, definitely. All right, man. So listen, that has been another successful episode of F1 Minute. Yo, I really do appreciate you all participating. Uh, Baraka will have something to say next time. We will we will get it in. We will continue to do things like we've been doing and trying to, you know, get, do right for the people. Do right for people out here for Thanksgiving. We did next time we'll start it a bit earlier as the mechanic was making note in there. I also see that we have a couple of more super chats. Let me read those out. Uh, the mechanic said, uh, can we do more? And I answered that. Gene Makita says, wow, time flew by. It always does when you're having a good time. And um, yeah, don't. And we got a new member this this uh, this live. So big appreciation, to everybody. We will be racing here at Wolfpack in the Wolfpack Epic Grudge Racing Series. So if you want to race eSports F123, you want to have a good time this weekend or when there is no formula racing going on on a weekend where formula racing is not going on, join us to race with us. Have a good time. We're going to have a contest at the end of the season that will be getting set up. You're going to get $1,500 worth of race simming gear. So be ready for that as well. And like always, I've enjoyed this time. You all be safe. Be blessed. Peace. We'll pack out.